The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. And welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for fans by fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts and alongside with me for your Friday NFL history spectacular, Mr. Ranger Lenz. Hello. Spectacular. Yeah. I don't think we've ever had a spectacular. No, we haven't. We still haven't. Not a single one of our 700 plus episodes have been spectacular at all. All dog crap. Um, uh, <laughs> it's so humble. You know what? Then let's challenge the listeners. Go back, listen to all 700 and tell us how many were actually dog crap and how many were actually great. That's fair. I think we, we got to be have like a passing grade. Like, I think we're at least 70% good, right? At least I like to think so. I think we're, we're probably in the 80s. 80% tile. I would say, yeah, 80. I don't know. We got to keep ourselves humble. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I thought we were all right. But um, <laughs> I'm actually, so here's the deal. I'm actually on a boat right now. Not at the time recording, <laughs> but I am happily away on a boat and I am not connected to the internet in any way, shape, or form. I don't know what's going on in the world. But yeah, we're actually recording this one a couple weeks early. Um, I am on vacation in real time as to when you're listening to this. Trust me, I'm not there yet, but the weather's great. All right. Food's been great. People have been great. The views have been great. Vacation is great. Cruises are awesome. All right. Just saying. Foresight. Foresight. It's literally the best vacation. I've never been on a cruise. I've been to Disney World. 11 times in my life. All right. Fuck Mickey Mouse. I'm tired of it. I, I, co- <laughs> I come back every fail <laughs> a little, a little bit. And, you know, it's just so hot and there's so many people and I come back and I need a vacation from the vacation. I'm, I'm I tired. Was, I'm going to stay away. I've been to Disney World so many times for, through from like two years old all the way until I was like 18 year old 18 years old I don't think I've been there 11 times but multiple times throughout that time span which is a lot right for you know I think for a kid that lives in New York but my family lived in Florida so it was let's just go to Disney World and honestly the last time I was there was the most time that I could actually remember having fun because only because my kids were there if I yeah. didn't have kids, if I didn't have kids, I'd be like, this is hot. This is stupid. I just want to go home. Oh, look, there's there's the castle. I mean, I get yeah. it. Listen, there's a lot there. there I do. There are some moments where I smile because I, I do cherish the trip to Disney World quite often. But uh, I don't know. I just hate fighting with people. Everybody, people there are just so rude. Cast members are nice, but the other people there are so rude. They will cut in front of you in line for stuff. 
Uh, there's there's always just chaos surrounding the parades. If you if you wait and do what you're supposed to do, and it, like you have to sit around like an hour and a half to get a good view of a parade. And I'm just like, I don't care about the parades, but it's up my mom, you know, advocates for yeah. when we go. So, um, yeah, I've I've had a, a little bit of enough Disney. I would go a- again, but it's it's not like something that I have to go and do. You know, that was the worst part. I got to tell you, it's my wife <laughs> from the last time we went there because she was a mom. We had to go get Mickey Mouse ears and we had to go do this. And I'm like, I just want to go do the park stuff. I'm trying to picture you. I'm trying to picture you. You make a lot of funny faces when we record. And I'm trying <laughs> to picture you standing in front of uh the Cinderella's castle with the with the Mickey balloon, Mickey Mouse ears, a uh, Mickey balloon in one hand and, a, and a, maybe a turkey leg or the or the yeah probably a turkey leg in the other. Just <laughs> while your kids and wife are all smiling. <laughs> I yeah, actually I've never had the turkey leg. We've always gone to one of the Pecos Bill. Okay. Because it's so damn hot. You eat, I, we eat like once a day. It's, oh, I ate a lot. But I, I usually get the pizzas, the personal pizzas. It's literally mm-hmm. like 20 bucks a pop for one, like one of them. And they, they're not bad. But, yeah. Maybe it could fill you up for, you know, it fills you Be up. Surprised. The turkey legs aren't bad. But I, I don't know. I've I've definitely had. Are they big or are they kind of short? Because... They're big, but they're very. The one I had was very bony. Like there was like bones and shit sticking out of it. I just I didn't care for. Oh. It. Well, you know, you could always get the small, short one and just make the best out of it, like this player did. As we're talking about shortest players uh, to play in in the NFL, and Mr. Steve Smith. Yeah, great transition there. Nice job. We get better I... at that. Yeah. Much better than that. Um, yes, this is our Steve <laughs> Smith episode, our final episode of Little Football People, Big Football World. Um, our theme for the month of February. Uh, next month, our theme is Voices of That's the right. Game. You literally just told me this is two days ago. This is how much yes. I have going on my head. As I say, John Facenda <laughs> is trying my best. Yeah, Voices of the Game. It should be a fun one. So uh commentators of course the uh you know but and nfl films narrators all that stuff oh we get to do a oh does that mean we get to do an episode on leaf schreiber for his hard knocks <laughs> you, yeah <laughs> i mean why not <laughs> we, might be, we might be no probably not <laughs> it's got to be mostly say him as saber tooth for one movie and then in x-men origins wolverine and then um and then his hard knocks run but that's the kind of that's the idea we're going with for this. Um, but, yeah, Steve Smith, man, one of the most polarizing characters in NFL history. Uh, little guy, big heart. He, uh, he definitely didn't let his size slow him down uh, physically, you know, with his physical talents or shoot his mouth. Uh, dude is one of the best trash talkers of all time. I think he's definitely I would dare so say he's a top five trash talker. He's the good trash talker where he could back it up. Like, I right. hate trash talkers like old Richard Sherman. Now, don't oh. talk. No, he doesn't. He really doesn't, though. Well, but, all you the know, time, but... as he was getting older, don't talk. Like, yeah, I think he kind of got shut up after that. He got burned in the Super Bowl pretty bad. So. Yeah, the, the Niners Super Bowl, right? He got he got yeah. burnt like toast. 
Um, yeah, it's it's you can kind of tell when guys know that they're slowing down because they stop talking, like mm-hmm. they stop talking. Band Steve Smith did it all the way till the end. I I I feel, but he was still pretty damn good in his ability to back it up. Yeah. But um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give a little spotlight on his career. Of course, uh, very very excited for you know to talk about this guy. Um, I've had him in fantasy a season or two, and I love watching him talk. And uh, you know, he's he's now an NFL analyst, broadcaster in a sense, and uh, he has really really nice insights. So very happy to talk about him. Uh, let's get this thing started, though. So Steve Smith was born in. Los Angeles, California. Good old L.A. He's an L.A. boy. Um, where he attended University High School, and he uh, he played football and track and field were his sports. Uh, he was a running back and defensive back in, in, in football. And, uh, yeah, he was he's pretty damn good at what he did. Played both sides. It's a very common thing in high school uh, athletics is to, kind of, to play both sides of the ball. Uh, track and field, he was really, really good at what he did. Uh, triple jump, 300-meter hurdles. He had set some school records, city records, all that jazz. Really, really great athlete. Uh, he graduated from there in 1997, and then he went on to Santa Monica College, where he played for the Corsairs football team, and he uh, he wasted no time. He wasted no time. This is where he... Uh, elevated himself as a receiver. Uh, this is where he really got, uh, you know, elevated. It punched his ticket as a wide receiver. Um, he it was actually on the same team with uh, Chad Johnson. So we talked to it let, uh, a couple weeks ago about Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas being on the same team. How crazy is it that Steve Smith and Chad Johnson were on the, the, uh, the, the same squad, but um but yeah, they did pretty well, kept their, you know, nose in the books. They worked hard and that, uh, you know, he eventually did, did pretty well for himself. He eventually went to uh, the Utah Utes. Uh, he did two years at Santa Monica and transferred to the U- University of Utah. And um, there he was teammates with future NFL running back, Mike Anderson. And he did pretty. He did, huh? Number five, Mike Anderson, Supreme oh. veteran. Oh yeah, um, and yeah, he did. He did pretty good after the Blue Gray All Star Game on Christmas Day in two thousand. He got a lot of attention for the uh, from the NFL, and he decided to enter the draft. So, um, yeah, he entered the two thousand and one draft, and he was selected seventy fourth overall in the third round. Uh, by the Carolina Panthers, and like a lot of wide receivers coming into the national foot, not a lot, but you see, there's there's a there's a there's a grouping of some of the more talented ones don't necessarily start off as wide receivers until they find their spot, and I'm sure I'm sure this is height related, um, why he was oh, reserved yeah. for this position. It's definitely height related, but he was a special teamer, kick and punt return. Um, and he did pretty damn good at it. He led all rookies in net yardage with 1,994. And uh, in that specific category, he was fourth only behind Priest Holmes, Marshall Falk, and Derek Mason. So, like, when he got drafted, he's always been kind of feisty. Like, in Utah, he would get into fights. And, he, you know, his coaches would kind of get on him, but he would tell his coaches he only knows one way to play. 
and that's how he plays. So when he got to Carolina, uh, he said he felt a tap on his shoulder while standing at the practice field, and it was George Seifert. And he looked at him. He said, I drafted you. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> Walk, <laughs> walked away. <laughs> so I think there was kind of any, any – <laughs> And I think that's kind of an interesting thing where how else do you talk to Steve Smith, but just in that direct point forward way, physical, right? Straightforward. Yeah, you're right. That, that is, that's, that's a funny, that's a funny quote. <laughs> I can't picture George Seifert uh, swearing. Either. I mean, I'm not super familiar with Seifert because um, right. He was, he succeeded Bill Walsh and yeah. Stan Fran, but um but yeah, that's one heck of a way to make an introduction. Don't mess, don't f- this up. That's I like it. I like yeah. it. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Huh? Beep if you want to. No, 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 no. We swear. We're we're okay. we're allowed to swear here. No. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Just because I said so. But uh, so this is really cool. Steve Smith returned the opening kickoff of the very first game of his his, his rookie season for a touchdown, um, and he was using limited roles in, in other. Um, you know, throughout the season, 10 catches, 154 yards, four times, 43 yards. Um, but the team stunk one in 15 is where the Carolina Panthers, uh, finished. So they won the first game against the Minnesota Vikings and they lost every single game after that. So it was miserable. Uh, but in 2002, Steve Smith worked his way up the, the, the ladder. All right. Worked his way. He grabbed the, uh, in pro wrestling, they call this the grab the the, the brass rings. And uh, here, oh, sorry, uh, yeah, because two thousand one was his first Pro Bowl. He made the Pro Bowl that year. He did as a special teams, and this also put another chip on his shoulder because he's there. He's a wide receiver, okay, and you make it as a punt, you know, kick punt returner. So he went over to the, with the wide receivers. And the wide receiver coach at the Pro Bowl, he didn't mention his name, said, what are you doing over here? You're with special teams. So that kind of pissed them off. But the special teams uh, coach for the Pro Bowl was John Hardball. And John Hardball uh, encouraged them to, you know, try and sneak in and become more, you know, create the craft of the wide receiver. Right. It's one way to do it. It's definitely one way to do it. That's cool. I didn't, I never heard that story before. Um, but yeah, 2002 came around and he was, he, he moved up the ladder. Uh, he earned a starting spot as a wide receiver, but he still continued to do his special teams work. And he had a, he had a pretty good year, 54 catches for 872 yards and three touchdowns so not a uh not a bad season but oh three was a big one um for the carolina panthers and for steve smith uh carolina you know this year we all i think many people know that they won the nfc championship they advanced the super bowl they did play the patriots they fell to the leg of adam benetary of course but smith you know if you don't have a guy like smith on that team i don't know if if this squad is making it uh, you know, yeah, Jake DeLome, who was a, you know, just a fun, really talented quarterback um, at this time, really, really talented. You got to have wide receiver help. And Steve Smith really burst on, I mean, really burst onto the scene, uh, you know, when it, when it mattered most. It was that, you know, impre- you know, when, when they needed him to be. He caught, that was eight- a, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. 
that was a very underrated uh, wide receiver duo too with him and Muhammad. Oh yeah, Moose and Muhammad. Yeah, yeah, definitely underrated on that one. Yeah, people forget about Moose and Muhammad uh, quite a bit, but yeah, that's a, that's a really really good, uh, really really good duo. Uh, so his first regular season as a well, excuse me, not his first, but um, th- this. 2003 season, 88 catches for 1,110 yards and seven touchdowns. And yeah, so he clipped the 1,000-yard receiving mark, which is what I think every receiver, if you want to be good at any position, I I think more so running back and wide receiver, you want to cross that 1,000-yard mark. I think that's a a big milestone uh, to have that. I think if you get under that, it's a little bit, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty disappointing. And he did, it, he, did it, he did it pretty dang good. Um, he caught a 69-yard touchdown pass during the NFC Divisional Playoffs uh, to beat the St. Louis Rams. And I think that was the end of the Kurt, the Kurt Warner run. Yeah, this this would have been the end. So he him and uh, the Panthers pretty much ended the uh, Kurt Warner Rams run. I think they shipped him or he, he went, went as a free agent to the Giants after that. Pretty much the end of the, the greatest show on turf. But... Um, but yeah, it was in the second overtime. So a 69-yard touchdown reception in the second overtime to beat the Rams 29-23. Um, pretty like a really, really good performance. Six catches, 163 yards, and, and that one touchdown. Now the Super Bowl, he caught four passes for 80 yards and a touchdown. And uh, but unfortunately was not able to upset the Patriots. Yeah, Patriots won that game 32-29. Uh, his 2004 season was not all that great. He suffered a big, uh, bad break in his leg during the, uh, the the season opener, and he was out for the remainder of the year. He did, however, get six catches for 60 yards before all that um, all that went down. 2005, though, was probably one of the bigger years of his career, at least in this early portion of it. Uh, he had, yeah, it, he earned the triple crown of receiving, leading. Uh, of receiving, leading the NFL in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. And was the only the third player in NFL history, excuse me, the Super Bowl era uh, to do this with uh, alongside Jerry Rice and Sterling Sharp. So it had been more than a decade since somebody had accomplished this feat. And Steve Smith was the guy to do it. And he, uh, you know, he, he did, they did really good. He was, he got the team, you know, his performance that year, of course, alongside with everybody else, Jake DeLome and company, uh, they went two uh, two rounds in to the uh, uh, into the NFL playoffs, where they uh, actually lost to the uh, Seattle Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. But um, they got they got waxed pretty good there. But the fact that you know what I mean, this is the Panthers. Who I don't know if you they've ever really had like a if you like look back and and you look at some of the greatest teams in NFL history, very few and far between. You look at like these elite all-time Panthers teams, right? I mean, I think the 2015 team was pretty damn was really really good and probably one of the better teams to never win a Super Bowl. But um, I think that 2003 Panthers team—they're really good. The 2004, the 2015 Panthers team. So you put the 03 team ahead of that? Oh yeah. Okay. Cam was good. I mean, that was at the height of Cam. Cam was but fun as hell that year. Overall, I think you got more. That's probably true. That could be true. That's a nice debate, though. It's really a nice debate. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 
yeah, he did pretty dang well. He, he did really well on that, but unfortunately was not enough. The Panthers smashed him up pretty good. Uh, but he had some injuries, a couple injury ridden seasons. Uh, 2007, he signed a new extension worth $45 million over six years and uh, another 1,000 yard receiving season. Uh, and this, the 2007 season is pretty miraculous because he had four different uh, starting quarterbacks over the, over that time because Jake DeLome started to get um, banged up and injured. But uh, 08 was a year of controversy. He got into a fight in training camp with uh, his teammate Ken Lucas, and he broke his nose and was sent home and given a two-game uh, two suspension. Uh, it was a... Uh, hot mess just the absolute hot mess of a uh of a year but he uh he still did pretty good he still did pretty good 78 catches for 1428 receiving 21 receiving yards and six touchdowns um absolutely crushing it a lot of that you know there's not i mean as far as the panthers go there's some there's some tough years uh you know them trying new quarterbacks and stuff they didn't really get a whole lot of traction going after that 0506 season, it was really hard for them to kind of be the team that they were. Uh, but uh, of course, you know, the 2011 season comes around and, and Cam Newton comes along, Cam Newton debuts. And, uh, and yeah, it, it's, it's a little bit, but you know, it's a pretty solid season regardless. Uh, but the fact of the matter is he's still going to pro bowls. He's still doing what he has to do to put the team in a place to win. Uh, there's not a whole lot more he can do except keep catching passes, get more yards after catch, and keep scoring touchdowns. You know, Steve Smith was awesome for that. Uh, 2012 was uh, n- another, just another, I mean, like I said, 1,100 yards receiving. It's it's just like, okay, another one. Like the, the DJ Khaled meme, another one. Uh, pretty solid year there. And then 2013, uh, he had a very low reception total, but uh, – but this was his last year with the Carolina Panthers, who had spent almost all of his, pretty much all of his career with at that point. But it does, uh, it is funny. This is where the uh, famous quote with uh, Steve Smith fighting Akeem Tlaib comes from. Uh, and I quote, I don't know. You go and ask him because he didn't finish the game. Ice up, son, ice up. Uh, yes. <laughs> it, it, it's like, it is defined like Steve Smith. That, and it's, you know, it's sad that a quote defines this great player's career, but um, that is, I, I can't tell you how many times that has been referenced <laughs> around me. Ice up, son, ice up. Do you do you think it was wrong for them to get rid of get rid of Steve Smith? Like, do you think it was uh, he, they say it wasn't because of Cam? In some way, do you think Cam Newton had? I'm not saying a part of it, but was the reason why we need to move on from him? I mean, he was getting older, but he's still being productive. I know he. Uh, let's see, what was his yard? I guess he has yardage total for was that 2013. Uh, he declined. Yeah, he declined a, li- a lot. 745 receiving yards and four touchdowns. He played all, he played 15 games. I can understand. I can understand it. I'm sure Steve Smith didn't appreciate it, but I can understand why a team sees that stat line after a guy playing pretty much a full season 
and is like, oof, we got to do something about this, right? The Bill, the Bill Polian train of mind is, man, as, you, as soon as you start to see that decline, you got to you gotta move on, right, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and not that Bill Polian is, is, is anything to do with the Carolina Panthers at this point in time, but, I mean, it's a, it's a four, almost, it's over, it's an over 400 yard decline. And listen, it probably is because of Cam. All right. We know that Cam isn't the best thrower of the ball. We see that even today, but even as young Cam, he's not the, he hasn't, you know, that 2015 season was absolutely amazing what he was able to do, you know, Mm -hmm. just, just how efficient he looked. And he's never really looked the same since then. And Steve Smith has literally come out and said that Jake DeLone was the best quarterback that he ever played with. And he had, he had two, three (laughs) years with, with Cam. And that's what's that's what's amazing. But you know, it's um, I mean, it's it always stinks. It, it when especially when you're a fan of a team or you just you think you have that connection, you think you're a lifer, right? Mm-hmm. You th- you know that some other great wide receivers that have been bounced around. Jerry Rice towards the end of his career, he knew it was it for him, and you know what I mean. He goes to Oakland. He revitalizes his career a little bit there. He gets shipped to Seattle, I think it is. Seattle is one of his last spots. His actual last active roster appearance was in Seattle. Okay. Um. So yeah, it, it's it does stink. It does stink when you when you have a guy who's meant so much to an organization, but one of the most consistent pieces. That's the that's the equivalent of like Larry Fitzgerald leaving in the middle of his his Cardinals run, like or towards the end of his car, you know, his career with the Cardinals to go chase uh, not to chase a championship, but or if if the the Cardinals were like, hey. Yeah, this isn't working for us, Larry. We appreciate you, but you got to go. You know, it's it's one of those things. It, it's I, I may not necessarily agree with it or agree with it. I'm certainly one for, you know, maybe giving guys. A, I I like the sentimentalness of of holding on to certain guys, even though it's a, you know not necessarily may not be the best business move. But I mean, he had no problem. He had no problem, uh, you know, finding a team. He went to uh, he went to Baltimore after that, and he, uh, man, he hated. He wanted payback against the Panthers. Oh yeah, another great quote to put. Uh, if they happens to meet his former team, put your goggles on because there's going to be blood and guts everywhere. But he signed a three year contract with eleven and a half million with a three point five million dollar bonus. And uh, he was back to form. Steve Smith and Joe Flacco, elite, elite Joe Flacco. Even though, I mean, if if this is prime Joe Flacco, does that mean Jake DeLome is elite? I would take. I love Jake DeLome. I would get a I would get a Jake DeLome jersey in a heartbeat. And if a Steve I had to one. choose, that's a question. Who would you take in their prime? Jake DeLome. Or Joe Flacco. I I think it's Delome all day. <laughs> yeah. Like without question. I think it's Delome all day. Let's ask Johnny. I wonder who he would pick. <laughs> he's not biased or anything. No. Um, but yeah, he's rocking and rolling. In week four, he yeah, he did get to play his old team, Ravens and Panthers. This uh, was interesting. Yeah, because- I, I love these revenge matchups. He he talked about this where he was like, I knew everybody's weakness. I knew the offense coordinator's weakness. I knew the defense coordinator's weakness. I knew what they were going to call. I knew they were going to do this. And he was like, and I was talking to guys throughout the week, and they were wondering about me being emotional during the game. And this is the one game where 
he didn't trash talk. He said, I just went out there and I did strictly business. Yeah. Until the game was over, I did strictly business. And there's things where he is coming to the sidelines, people are talking to him, and all he's doing is putting his finger up to his mouth, like quiet, quiet. Just let me go. Uh, it was yeah, it was unbelievable performance. He was just like everything just worked, right? Everything just clicked mm-hmm. for um uh for them essentially. He uh yeah, he he caught a tipped pass from uh, Owen Daniels, who I believe was his tight end. Was the Ravens tight end at the time, and it landed in the arms of Smith. He took the ball, the end over for sixty-one yards. Flacco fumbled a snap, picked it up, and threw into a well-covered Smith. And uh, uh, yeah, he he just he killed it. Stat line: seven catches, one hundred thirty-nine yards, two touchdowns. They smashed the Panthers thirty-eight to ten. At that point in your career, and you know, is it enough to trash talk? It's fun to trash talk, but man, when you could put a performance on like that, and just do work. People, you know, people adore you for it. That's the that's the sweetest revenge there. You know, he just performed. They thought he was too old and couldn't do it anymore, and he went out and did it. So, um, I up, son. up, son. But yeah, he got back, man. He did really good. One thousand sixty-five receiving yards and six touchdowns. So a uh, a really really good performance, and uh, he was part of a big upset as the Ravens beat the Steelers in the. Uh, in the wild card round of the playoffs, but they uh, lost the eventual Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, that year. Um, 2015 season, he announced that the next season would be his last. All right, but he tore his Achilles tendon and um, it didn't. He had seemingly had unfinished business. He did. Uh, yeah, he had, in week eight, he tore his Achilles tendon after uh, seven games, 46 catches, and 670 yards. It's actually a pretty good mark um mm-hmm. for that point but he said i i gotta come back once more so he came back 70 passes 799 yards and five touchdowns and a, a 100 plus yard game against oakland and um and yeah so that was that was it he retired with uh 1031 catches 14,731 yards and 81 touchdowns so um not a bad not a bad career at the at that no uh i would say he's the greatest carolina panther of all time i think he beats out cam oh i don't i as great as cam was for carolina i'm thinking i'm thinking it's steve smith and julius peppers probably over over cam oh over cam absolutely you got to think Cam's like good run was only a handful of years. True. 2011. True. He was only really healthy until 2016. So uh, you got a four five, a five, six year stretch. Actually, that's only five seasons, 2011 to 2016. That's a, well, probably five, six seasons. That's how math works. But I put Steve Smith and Julius Peppers way ahead of Cam um, on that list. I really do. Cam was there for a blip. I mean, honestly, if you do comparison sake, I think Jake DeLome had a longer, like a longer full time run in in Carolina than than uh, than Cam did. I got to double check that, but let's let me see. Uh, Jake, two thousand three to two thousand and nine. 
Yeah, I know he was getting banged up. So it's probably actually it's relatively close, honestly. It's 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 relatively close in that regard. If you take out rushing, I probably think the Loams. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, they got they got full season out of Cam and huh? No, Cam has the edge. My apologies. He does have the edge. He what in length or uh, in yeah, probably games played. He had a, he had a lot more. He played a lot longer than I thought he did. Uh, a lot more than I thought he did. So, other than that one, just monster year. Right. You look at the numbers; they're pretty much the same. Yeah, <laughs> but so, the MVP. Yeah, that does go in his favor, but I, I don't know. It, it, that's that's a discussion for another day as well. But yes. yeah, I definitely, definitely, definitely hold Steve Smith and it as the greatest. Him and Julius Peppers as two greatest uh, Carolina Panthers of all time. But, and also, and also, a former Panther. Big up to Sam Mills for finally making it to the Hall of Fame. Yes, congratulations to him. That's uh, we talk very highly about Sam Mills. I know you're a big Sam Mills fan, so that's, Love that's Sam Mills. That's pretty. That's, that is exciting. Um, let's see. Let's run through some of his accomplishments and franchise records, and we'll wrap this episode up. In 2001, Smith was the first rookie to make the Pro Bowl as a special teams player since Tyrone Hughes in 1993. In 03, Smith had 404 postseason receiving yards, and it was the second most ever behind Jerry Rice's 409 in 1988. 2005, Smith became the first player since Art Monk in 1984 to lead the NFL in receptions for a team that ran more often than it passed. 2005, Smith earned the NFL's receiving triple crown, which we did mention. Uh, The receptions that year were 103, the yards were 1563, and touchdowns were 12. 2008, Smith became the only player in NFL history to lead the league in receiving yards per game despite being on an offense that was last in pass attempts. Smith and Hall of Famer Tim Brown are the only players in NFL history of at least 1,000 receptions and have scored touchdowns on runs, catches, punt returns, and kick returns. Smith is one of the only three players in NFL history to run back two punts for for touchdowns and catch a touchdown pass in the same game. That's pretty cool. It seems like a little bit of a nitpicked, uh, <laughs> a nitpicked, very, very heavily variable uh, stat, but that's pretty cool, too. Smith led the NFL receiving yards per game in the 2008 NFL season. Uh, he's the all-time Panthers leader in receiving yards with 12,197. Uh, Passing his former teammate, Moussa Muhammad, 9,255 in the 2011 season. And he caught his 1,000th career reception on November 20th, 2016 in a game against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, some of his NFL records, well, he has one. Highest punt return average in a game, 51. Uh, 51. So uh, that was December 8th, 2002 against the Cincinnati Bengals. And then let's take a look at some of his uh, Panthers franchise records. Uh, he has receptions, uh, career receptions with 836. Uh, season receptions. 103 and 05, uh, most in a game, 14 uh, in, 2000, in 2005 against Chicago. Um, 51 playoff receptions. I think that's career. Uh, 27 in a playoff season in the 05 season. That's disgusting. And uh, and 12 in a playoff game in 06 versus Chicago. Uh, as far as receiving yards go, 
he has the career receiving yards record for uh, for Carolina. He has the uh, uh, in season fifteen sixty three. Uh, the game he had two hundred one in two thousand five. Um, a playoff uh, his playoff all time receiving yards eight hundred fifty six in a playoff season four hundred four and in a playoff game two hundred eighteen. So um, that oh five oh six season was really really good to him. Uh, he has the most yards per reception of his career for uh, for Panthers, 14.6. Receiving touchdowns uh, in a career, 67. In a game, three. He did that twice uh, with Musa Muhammad uh, doing it twice as well. Um, so they're tied at that. That's pretty cool. Uh, playoff, uh, so all-time playoffs, eights, playoff season three, and playoff game two. Uh, he's tied with Calvin Benjamin, the great Calvin Benjamin. In that in that category, Kelvin Benjamin actually did something. I know. Uh, there's a lot here. I'm not going to go through those all, but I think those are the most probably the most important ones. There is a ton that this man has done. He has certainly earned his place uh, amongst the all time greats in NFL history. There's no doubt about it. He's actually not in the Hall of Fame, um, but he should be. He certainly should be. I think he'll get in. He better. He deserves it. Um, no doubt about, no doubt about it. If he doesn't, I feel bad for the Hall of Fame committee. Yeah. Oh, uh, he's going to be I I, ice up, son. <laughs> ice up. Oh, he's up. <laughs> but, um, but that is it, everybody. That is it for Steve Smith, uh, a great player, very fun electric player. And again, one of the best trash talkers of all time. And that is the end for this month's theme of uh, little football people, big football world for NFL history next month, next week. We start voices of the game, the people, the men, the women uh, who really helped, uh, you know, paint the picture for us who are listening at home, watching on television, adding insight and almost teaching us the game in a sense. I'm really, really excited to kind of get to really get into uh, into next month's stuff. But Andrew, I want to thank you, uh, as always, for uh, being on the show, being my co-host. All right. And coming up with these month themes, you take a lot of work off my plate and uh, just keep doing the great job you are doing, my man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, by the way, I, I'm starting to feel a little bit bad about taking Dan Marino in that in that retro draft a couple weeks ago. Uh, anyways, uh, on behalf of Andrew and I, till next time, the two point conversation is good. Look at